Um, so anyways, today we're going to start talking about this new phrase, okay? Not new phrase, but maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't. But we like to say this, that we are going to find, to feed, and we're going to fight for God's lost lands, okay? So remember this, we're going to find, feed, and fight for God's lost lands, okay? So that's like going to be the next three weeks to talk about how do we find, feed, and fight? And what does that look like? And what's the heart of finding, feeding, and fighting? How do I go and do that? How do I go like Molly and be someone that's like going after Molly saying, you know what? You're worth something more than what the world says. Like you're worth more than your grades. You're worth more than um, your, your sport. You're worth more than like the friends that keep around you because you are created in the image of God. I am going to go for you and I am for you, right? And that's like our heart. Today, we're going to talk about the first of these three things, finding, okay? So uh, if you got your book out, we're going to be going in, into finding, okay? And so this, as we start to talk about finding, we can't like begin to fathom what it looks like, what it's like to find others unless we know of the love that God the Father has for us. As we know like that image that we are created in. Okay? So what is love? What is love? Would someone like to read that first um, thing there under love? Thank you, Cedar. Boom. John 13, 34. That's actually from the message, right? So, talk about like different kind of love. Has anyone like heard the different words of love in the Bible? Okay. So we're going to kind of talk about some of those. And I think it like really brings out what love is and how we can love, okay? So there's four different words for love in the Bible, okay? There's agape, there is phileo, there is eros, and there is agapeo. I was trying to see what you guys have there. All right, so obviously the first one there is agape, and this is the one that we talk about a lot. Unconditional love, right? This is that God love, the love that God has for us. His love for us is unconditional. It doesn't matter what we've done, what we're doing, but God loves you. God loves us. God loves others, okay? So the second here is phileo, okay? Ever, anyone here been to Philadelphia? The city? You used to live near there? Oh, nice. So... I had no idea. Is that in? Uh, is that NPA? I don't even know where Philadelphia is. Okay. So Philadelphia. What does Philadelphia mean? What is? It's the city of city of what? Of brotherly love. Yes, of brotherly love. So phileo is brotherly love. Okay. So this is like we talk about brotherhood. We talk about sisterhood in Kyle. We talk about community. That's this type of love. Phileo. Philadelphia, phileo love, like brotherly love, this love that's like between brothers, like bonds us together, right? Like takes us to deeper things together with Jesus, okay? So the third is eros, okay? And this is sensual love. This is that like Valentine's Day type love, right? And um, yeah, it's like that love that we have, you know, in intimate and you guys know what I mean, intimate, right? Yeah. Okay. Like biblical intimate love, okay? <laughs> and so that's sensual love. And the last is agapeo, okay? Agapeo. And this is one that we maybe don't talk about as much, okay? But it's doing the right thing at the right time for the right reason. The right reason is being image bearers of God, and he declares their worth, he declares our worth. So we're going to do the right thing at the right time for the right reason, because like that's what, what God calls us to, and he places worth on us. 
It's like, okay, I understand that I need to love the person. I'm going to go and love. Does that make sense? So agapeo, okay? So how then, so don't look, but how does God love us? Agape. Agape, yeah. I gave that away earlier, right? So here's the next question. How should we love one another? Thinking of those four, how should we love one another? All of them. All of them? Yeah, just one person. <laughs> oh, he's, he's reading it, right? Yeah. He's reading it. That's okay. You guys can look at the answers now. It's fine. So we should love one another, phileo, agape, and agape. Right? And only one and one person for eros, okay? So, um, that's how like, God calls us to love others. So now, so we get, like I said, before we get into like, how do we find, we got to know how does God actually love us, okay? So, we're going to do this together. So if you're, I'm, you guys are always reading ahead. See how it is, okay? You guys all reading ahead. So I want you to pull, like, get a pin out, okay? And we're going to do this together. So, um, yeah. If you want to, you can do it on a different sheet, but I would encourage you to do it. Do it in here is great. Does anyone need a pen? You need a pen? No. Anyone, anyone need a pen? Okay. Okay, Shane, you need a pen? You got one? Okay. All right. So let's pull out. Let's pull out our fine page there. So, in this inner circle, let's talk about this. Um, let's think of all the traits that you can think of. What are all the traits of a good father? Okay. Oh, no. From your, okay. What are the traits from your father, specifically your father right now, that were good? Okay. And yell them out and we'll all help each other out and we'll write them down in the circle. Okay. Like my real dad. Your real dad. <laughs> yes, your real dad. Okay. Your earthly father. Yes. <laughs> Good, good question. Good question. Yes. So, so yell it out. What are you guys right now? He's caring. Caring. Yes. Supportive. Supportive. Okay. Devoted. Devoted. Yeah. What other ways is your father like a good father? I see you guys writing a lot, but no one's talking. This is we're, a group project. We're, we're this is a group project. This is a group project. Loving. Thoughtful. Thoughtful. Okay. Uh, he's a servant. Servant. That's really good. Wise. And wise. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Stern. Stern. Okay. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. Okay. Just laying down the law kind of thing, yeah. right? Okay. That's right. So, like, as we're so the thing is, is as we are doing this, just so you guys know, why are we doing this? How we like have interacted, how our fathers have treated us for good or bad. A lot of times, like, depends on how we view God. Okay, how we view view God, our heavenly Father. Okay, and here's the hard thing about this, y'all, is we all come from different backgrounds. Different fathers, different like ways they treat us or not treat us, different ways they were there or not there, okay? So, that's like, this is important, like, because we want to view God for who he is. So what other ways is your father good? What else you got, Jayla? Anything else? Uh, I had my best interest in mind. Best interest in mind. That's really good, yeah. Mm-hmm. What else? Anyone else got something in there that like no one that someone else hasn't said yet? 
Adventurous. Adventurous, okay. Fair. Fair. Yeah, so that's really good. I think it's hard to be fair as a father. <laughs> I can tell you, yeah. as a father, it's like trying to figure out who's lying to you and who's not when it comes to your kids. <laughs> You're trying to be fair, okay? And then, and then daughters are just like so cute, so hard, okay? It's not even fair. <laughs> all right, all right. So now we're gonna look at the outside of the circle right now. Anything else that you guys have written down that aren't that hasn't been said? All right. So on the outside of the circle, I want you to write all the traits that were bad from your father. And say it out, say it out, okay? This isn't like judging, this is just like, oh man, this is, you know, this was part of the life, okay? Impatient. Impatient, yeah, oh man, I fall into that. Stubborn. Stubborn, okay, yeah, absolutely. Deceptive. Deceptive. What else? What else? <laughs> what other things of your father like are bad? Good, okay, yeah, I, I like that. I love that you guys are trying to honor your dads. But we're just trying to be like real. This isn't like um, like we're trying to bag our dads and I'm not even going to like tag you in the podcast, okay? No one will know that it's your dad. <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, so like any, anything else? Let's change things up a little again. Let's look at the inside of the circle again, okay? Now, it says I'm there to write it in a different color, but you don't have to, okay? I'm not that worried. Ty, can you see with that yellow marker? Okay, all right. That's all right. So uh, now on the inside of the circle again, let's write in general what are traits of the good father, okay? What are traits of a good father? Okay. So in general, if like you think of a dad, a father, what's good traits? This is interacting time right here. Gracious. <laughs> Gracious. I like it. Forgiving. Forgiving, yeah. I like my dad was like really good at fixing stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. Do we have patient on there before? No, we didn't. Okay, my dad, my dad, my dad was like patient. Alright, so but yeah, now we're just writing traits of a good father. So if this isn't your dad now, that's fine, okay? So what other traits are there of a good father? So patient. When you think of a dad, you know, I like I think of like fun, you know? Like that's a great trait of a dad. Like, um is anyone's dad like relatable? Like relates well? No. Okay, well, put it on there. If you think that's a good trait of a good father, like, write it down. Okay? Mm 
What else, what else, what else? What are the traits of there of a good father? Understanding. Understanding, yes. Filling up those circles. Okay. So now, on the outside, what are just traits of a bad father in general? Not your dad, maybe. But just traits of a bad father. Share it. Share them. What you guys got? Deceitful. Abusive. Abusive, man, yeah. I put going out to get the milk in parentheses. What? Going out to get milk Going out to get milk and not coming back. Absence. Oh. Gosh. Absence. Absent. Absent. I'll milk, I'll be right back. I should have done cigarettes. We would have got a I could be up. Yeah, yeah, like absent fathers, right? Absolutely. The Halloween costume I saw once that was uh, the absent father, and it's a black morph suit, and it came with a with a prop pack of cigarettes. That was the pack of cigarettes he left for. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, sad, but sometimes too true, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What other what are the traits of a bad father? Selfish. Selfish, yes. So maybe a trait of a good father would be selfless. Mm-hmm. Quick to anger. Quick to anger. Yeah. Maybe like like we said like abusive, but what about like verbally abusive? Mm-hmm. You know, like Putting you down. Discouraging, you know? Yeah. Alright. Other 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 things pop into your head that you written down? Disloyal, yeah. Good trait, loyal. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So this is what we have to realize, right? So when we think of like fathers or God the Father, right? We like look at these lists, the inside and the outside, and like we view God a lot of times through this list. Through our experiences through like what our dads have said to us, if they were available or not, if they were emotionally available or not, right? Physically, right? If like there was abuse, like all of that, like we view God the Father through this lens, right? And here is the thing that we have to understand. We need to know God, God the Father, is everything inside this circle. This is God. This is his heart. This is his character, okay? Everything outside of the circle, everything that has happened to you outside of the circle, your experiences, the shortcomings of our dad, this is not God the Father's heart. This is like a hard thing to realize. This is a hard thing to get down on our hearts, okay? Um, Tozer, A.W. Tozer, he says in his book, I believe, Knowledge of the Holy, that when we think of God in a way that is not of him, we are thinking of an idol. So when we think of God just like in a way that's like outside of the circle, we start putting those traits on God, we are now thinking of someone that is not God, which is an idol, okay? So, um, 
So now we can go back to this circle, right? And we can say, okay, what is God on the inside, okay? On the inside of the circle, what are some other traits of God the Father? Okay? Can you guys think of anything that we have to put on this? Like, this is something of God. Perfect. Yes. Think like just. I we said fair, but I feel like justice is like maybe a little bit beyond. Yeah, traits of God on, on the inside. All-knowing. All-knowing, yeah, absolutely. Like, everywhere. Like, he's not going to go out and get the milk or cigarettes, right? He's, like, going to be there, right? He doesn't need those things. He doesn't need those things. He don't he need no need milk. The, he doesn't need the milk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first part of loving others is understanding how radically we are loved by God. He loves you so much it is crazy. We got caught thinking about God based on our experience with people. Most often we associate God's love with our earthly fathers. So we need to take the good away from these experiences, but most we need to look with fresh eyes how much God loves you have to look at fresh eyes with how much God loves you. He is everything inside of the circle. So, last step. Um, we didn't write the, rewrite these down, but I want you to do is from, um, from the inside of the circle, I want you to look at that. We're gonna t- I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to pray, okay? What are three characteristics listed in the inside of the circle that you struggle to believe is true about God's love, okay? So I'm gonna pray, I'm just like, maybe you like don't believe it at all. Maybe it's hard to believe. Maybe you're like, man, I'm not sure if I fully get it, okay? So I'm just gonna pray and then we're gonna like write those down, okay? So Jesus, I pray that you would reveal to us how do we not see you truly for who you are and how you love us, God? I pray that you would reveal today, even if it's hard, even if it's weird, even if it's like enlightening, God, we, we want to know how we're not seeing you as our perfect Heavenly Father. Amen. So just take a moment. Look at that letter. Write down just three characteristics. Got three. Okay. Take take a mo- take a moment. It's fine. So like I wrote down in here to like accomplishments that like God loves me more than my accomplishments. Sometimes I kind of get wrapped up in like I gotta like be good or great, you know, or like do good things, and like that like helps God love.
time. So I want you guys to do throughout this week is is to take these three things and to every day this week that you would just like proclaim. Proclaim or pray out, God loves me besides my accomplishments. He loves me more than what I accomplished in life. Okay? And proclaim that. Proclaim those th- three things. Okay? Do that every day. Like we want to work these things into our spirits. We want to like really know God. We want to know like how he loves us. Okay? Because we want to love others better, right? Jesus says, love thy neighbor as thyself, right? If we don't realize how much God loves us, it's hard for us to, like, love ourselves more. Like, it's hard to, like, walk in that love, okay? So, then what I want you to do is take these things and look up some Bible verses, okay? Go Google it, right? Maybe you got, like, a book that's like, hey, here's characteristics or, like, word things, you know? And just like, okay, like, what are some Bible verses that go on with this that I can, like, read, that I can meditate on, okay, that support this? And then lastly, just, like, maybe bring this up to, bring this up to like, uh, in one of your one-on-ones, okay? Like, the, whoever you meet with regularly, like, hey, like, this is what I wrote down. This is how I believe God. Just take some time um, to pray. Pray together that, um, that God would capture your whole heart, that you would realize your, his whole heart for you, okay? So, remember, there is nothing we can do to make God love us more or to make God love us less. He was always extending his love towards you, that agape love. He's like, over my dead body will I let you live a stupid, selfish life, okay? And he proved it by dying on the cross. When we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for you and me. So we need to like work into us today. Remember, like, I don't know if we had them, but like, for, forgiving. God's forgiving. Good fathers, God's fathers are forgiving, right? So there's another one. So before we were able to find, this is that last line there, we must know this. God loves you. Before we can find, feed and fight, before we can even find, we must know this, that God loves you. He is for you. He is perfect in all his ways. The perfect Heavenly Father. Boom. Okay. So, I think th- this is this is like a one of those lessons that's like really deep, okay? Some people this is like really, really hard. Some of us maybe it's easier. Maybe we've had good dads, bad dads, maybe we process it differently. That's okay. This is this isn't like this isn't like to put us down, but hopefully like for us to realize how can I like realize God's love for me more? Because I wanna like when I like accept all the ways that he loves me, like I can experience more and I can love others better. And I then can also become a better father, a better um, wife. Father, <laughs> mother. I don't know. I was, oh my gosh. Father, <laughs> mother, right? Like it's going to like help us as we know these deep things about God in us. Okay? Sound good? Mm-hmm. Sound good. Okay. All right. Um, anyone need another LaCroix? Let's talk about finding. So, why discipleship? So, question. What are your initial thoughts on discipleship? When you get discipleship, what are your initial thoughts? It's important. It's important, okay? Yeah, yeah. Think about how I've been discipled. Think about how I, yeah, think about how we've been discipled. That's really good. Other things? Other things? All right. Um, let's see here. Shane, would you like to read that first paragraph there? Yes. Thank you, man. We believe God is who he says he is, creator of all things, knowing all things, above all things. We must believe that the strategy of Jesus was divine in his time here on earth. With that, I mean, we must believe that Jesus' strategy to win the world to himself was the best possible strategy that it, cost, that it could have possibly been implemented. When we think the world is one through large group meetings, mass evangelization, or good public speaking, we are saying we don't trust the method he used while on earth. Ooh. Um, Jayla, second paragraph. Jesus chose 
Jesus men is his method to reach the world. His last few years on earth, Jesus poured all he had into his 12 faithful men. He prayed with them, answered their questions, broke bread with them, and ultimately lived life with them. Jesus' plan was to raise up disciples who would make more disciples who would make more disciples, eventually fulfilling the Great Commission. That's good. We, I want to be, be a faithful disciple who is a great disciple who makes disciples that make disciples. It's like, this is like Jesus' method, okay? We, we saw him do like big group things, sermons and whatnot, but like where he spent his most time was faithfully discipling 12 faithful guys, okay? And one of those even betrayed him, right? So like that's Jesus' method. That's what we're going to talk about is how do we find what discipleship is. So Eli Gotro, uh, he's a Chi Alpha leader um, down in Texas and one of the largest uh, campus ministries in the U.S. He says this, Discipleship is ultimately taking responsibility to what is close to the heart of God. People are close to the heart of God. So why didn't Jesus just snap his fingers to save the world? Why instead did he choose to empower believers that would empower believers? You guys think? More? Okay. What do you mean by that? Like, so just like snapping his fingers, he actually sent somebody down to spend time with people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, see, like, God's, like, love, his grace and stuff, right? It's really good. Other thoughts? What was the question again? So, why didn't Jesus just snap his fingers to save the world, right? So, like, if God wanted to, he could just been like, okay, you're all saved, boom, right? Why instead did he choose to empower believers that would empower believers? For themselves, okay, yeah. I think, like, I think too, like, God, like, believe, like, God wants us to be a part of His rescue mission on earth to those around us. For better or for worse, like, we are His chosen instruments, right? Like, that's like, God, like, wants to, like, use us in His mission imperfect vessels to reach this world okay so find before we find that blank there is we must be found and then flowing from that we must understand why us being found drives us to find okay so we must be found we must know jesus we must make jesus lord of our life be saved right we must understand why that drives us right for me, like what drives me in like going out and discipling others, finding people, meeting new people every year, getting out of my comfort zone, is like Jesus loved me first. And like he now calls me, and I like want to be like, I love like Jesus calls me to do these things. I want to be obedient because of you know who he is and what he's done, okay? So let's look more into depth into why behind what we know we should do. So before we can find others and bring them into the flock, we must be found. In other words, in order for you to share the gospel with authenticity and authority, you must have first been impacted by the gospel. Have you been impacted by the gospel? Has Jesus impacted your life? This is beautifully said by John Hawk when he says, the cost of making a disciple is being one. The cost of making a disciple is being one. We're going to follow Jesus. It's like gonna, uh, we're going to abandon ourselves. You think about the 12 disciples. They left all that they had to follow Jesus. Many of them lost their lives. God calls us to die to ourselves so we can love others and love Him. It takes us taking ourselves off the throne of our heart and putting Him on the throne. We die to ourselves. We place ourselves on the cross, like Tozer says, right? And we place Him on the throne. Okay? So Jesus says in Mark 1.17, Come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Come follow me, I will make you fishers of men. So we're going to take this saying, and we're going to like break this down, okay? So, so the first thing, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. How do we find? The first thing there is come. Come. 
An understanding of Jesus' heart is finding us. We must be found. Come. The kingdom of God, you guys, is established through relationships. The first of which must be us coming to know Jesus. Like, so Jesus looks at these guys. He's standing on the shore side. He's like, he looks at them and he says, Peter, come, follow me, right? Come. The disciples had to come to the conclusion that God had a right on their lives. If he called them to come, he had every right to ask that because their lives were not their own. Realizing, we need to realize that like our lives are not our own. Even more so, our lives apart from him, apart from God, are evil, and we can do nothing of eternal value. We cannot come to God on our own terms. We must surrender to his lordship when he says come, declaring him as Lord and Savior of our own lives. He delights in us and wants us to delight in him as well. So you guys know the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son, right? You guys, anyone heard of these parables, right? So we just talk about one, the lost, the lost sheep, right? So it says that like there was 99 sheep or 100 sheep, one gets lost, so there's 99 left. So Jesus goes to find the one, okay? God delights in us knowing him, right? So this is the Father's heart in finding us. So the th- second thing of Jesus is calling in our lives, come, follow me, right? So the second thing is follow me. And this is an understanding that Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. We've got to understand that Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. Someone want to uh, open up their Bible and read Luke 19.10? Luke 19.10. says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This is the ultimate crisis. Not all lack clean water. Not all are being sex trafficked. Not all live in poverty, right? Not all are murderers, but all have sinned. We have all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God, okay? So a lot of times we think like, man, I am good enough, right? But like God says like, no, there is this like space between me and others, me and you. And I have came to fill that, that you can live and be in my presence. So everyone is lost without Jesus. We must come to this realization. It doesn't matter how much their life looks like it's put together, how glorious Instagram is, right? And how much they, or how much they love their sin. They are all lost and broken and have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Thus, they are apart from coming to full surrender to the person of Jesus. People that don't do that will spend eternity within hell, right? So our life is ordered by our objective. If our objective is to follow Jesus, we will be willing to go where he goes. He will not be stopped by fear, failure, or frustration because our objective is to follow Jesus, no matter the cost. You guys have that C.S. Lewis quote right there? Mm-hmm. Uh, Natalie, would you like to read that, please? <clears throat> yeah. The church exists for nothing else but to draw men into Christ, to make them little Christs. If they are not doing that, all the cathedrals, clergy, missions, sermons, even the Bible itself are simply a waste of time. God became man for no other purpose. Nice. Church exists for nothing but to draw men to himself, Okay. We are the church. You are the church. You are the body of Christ, okay? We are made, created, as temples of God to draw others into his presence. I read this book this summer. It says that you, we, are priests, right? Priest's job in the Old Testament was to draw others into God's presence, right? That holy, holy, that people could, like, experience God. Now, God, the holy of holies, lives inside of us we get to draw people to him. You are a priest, okay? So, um, 
Let's uh, open up our Bibles to Matthew 28, okay? Matthew 28. So the number three, though, this third one, right? He goes, he says, come, follow me, right? And what's this, the last phrase he says? And I will make you what? I will make you fishers of men, right? So we're going fishing, right? Okay. By the way, so uh, Ty, Ricky, at least Ricky talked to a guy from church today, right? Uh -huh. He talked fishing with him, the guy with the big beard. I think you did too. Yeah, kind of. I was right behind him, so I kind of heard. Okay, well, he gave, he gave me, he's just like, hey, this is for that guy. I don't know who. I gave it to Ricky because I guess Ricky's talking, but he gave me his number for you guys because he has a boat. <laughs> Going fishing, right? He's like, hey, I go fishing all the time. So like, I, I told Ricky, so I gave it to Ricky. So you can talk to Ricky. You guys can fight over it, okay? He can get it so, yeah, isn't that awesome? Yeah. So, come, I will make you fishers men. So we have to understand the Great Commission. So Matthew 28. Um, someone else want to read that? Uh, Josh? Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. All right. So we, we kind of talked about this before, right? We talk about it all the time. Okay, this is part of the three pillars, right? We resolve to be devoted, live in community, and take responsibility. Trust responsibility now comes right from here, okay? Go and make disciples. We can't make disciples if we don't realize what the harvest field we are in. So what do you guys see as your harvest field? Does that make sense? Does that like question make sense? So harvest field, like where are you like harvesting? Like where are you going to like um, see a harvest of people, right? Okay, so what do you see as your harvest field? The campus. Campus, yeah, absolutely. Anyone else see something too? I can't tell if Josh Work. is thinking or falling asleep. Work? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Home. Home, okay. Absolutely, yeah, like where you live, like your dorm room, your house, or just like home with your parents, right? I don't know exactly what you meant, but yeah. Okay. Yes, sir? Is three. Huh? And then fell out three. Oh, I will make you fishers of men. Sorry about that. I will make you fishers of men. Okay. He's so, using my pen, that's why I said uh, that. <laughs> if he wasn't using my pen, I wouldn't care. But so Luke, Luke 10, Luke 10, 1 through 2 says this. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was to go, was about to go. The harvest field, right? This was their harvest field. The towns and places, wherever they were going, right? I remember the, uh, the call there in Matthew 28 isn't that like to go, it's that wherever you're going, make disciples. Wherever you're at, that's your harvest field, right? So Cedar, where's part of your harvest field? Campus. Campus? I think you're in a harvest field that some of us aren't. What's dance team. The dance team, right? Yeah. So we can like look at like our like smaller harvest fields too. We can look at the campus, right? But you can look at your classrooms. Okay? Dale, you can look at the marching band or lack thereof the semester, right? Well, band and <laughs> yeah. band and you know? Like you can look at like Wherever you're going snowboarding this weekend. Pebble. Pebble. Did you hear that the lift broke down yeah. for like an hour and a half today? People are standing up there. Anyways, that's a little off track. But. Anyways, all right. So, verse 2 in Luke 10, 1 through 2 says, He told them, the harvest, field, the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. You guys get that fill in the blank? Ask the Lord of the harvest, okay? 
we have to keep Jesus in his rightful place as the Lord of the harvest. This recognition puts us right in the harvest field as his faithful workers. We are workers in God's harvest field, okay? Um, this keeps us humble when the harvest is plentiful and hopeful and when the harvest is few. Where we're going sometimes, the harvest is not easy. It takes a lot to, to like see things happen, right? But God here, God, is, God has strategically placed you. God has to treat to st- st- <laughs> Strategically, 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 I've talked a lot today, you guys, just so you know, strategically placed us, that's that fill in the blank, okay, where we are to emulate Christ to those around us, you might get to be Jesus to someone around you, okay, his timing is perfect and he has plans for you to expand his kingdom, both where you are now and where you will be in the future. So, in most churches and places in life, finding is probably the hardest of the three. So when we talk about finding, feeding, and fighting for God's last lambs, finding is probably the hardest of these three. With our mission, move-in events, outreaches, and specific focus at the beginning of the year, we are set up and it's for success to find, actually, right? So, like, us as Chi Alpha are finding, like, man, we know, okay, the first, like, week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks of the semester is so crucial of us finding people. Who here would introduce to Chi Alpha in the first week of being on campus? Most. How about first two weeks? Okay, first two weeks, first three weeks? When was Chick-fil-A prom? First four weeks. Whenever Chick-fil-A prom was. Okay. But like, it's crucial, right? Yeah. So that's like, but so like those things, we love to do those things, by the way. Okay. They're tons of fun. Like, we believe in like joy is a key to our campus, right? That we're going to have a ton of fun. More fun than anyone else on campus, okay? But these things are also ways that we go find God's lost lands, okay? So like moving events, we're like going to go on campus. We're going to like, hey, can I help you move in? And it's because we want to serve people, but we're also like, I want to know you. Like, what? You you like guitar too? I like guitar. <laughs> we should play guitar sometime. It's like literally been like thousands of conversations that I've had in moving. And people guys that I've like gotta like, hey, we like go now we go talk about music, okay? I go connect with them because I'm like wanna go find, right? Like, we move, like, someone's walking by, I see, like, you know, them wearing a t-shirt, you know, and it's, like, um, a snowboarder, like, thing, and I'm, like, dude, like, do you like snowboarding? Like, yeah, I do, right? I'm, like, all right, I found my guy, right? Remember, I was, like, out on campus a couple years back, right, and this guy, like, walks by, and he's got, like, some, like, Smiths on, you know, he's got, like, a fishing hat, and I was, like, man, this guy seems like an outdoorsy guy, so I start, like, talking to him, and it's, like, we just, like, hit it off, right? So, like, man, we went hunting that year. We, like, came to my house. We played darts, right? I got to share with him Jesus, right? This guy was going through some hard times, right? Um, you met him. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, anyways, he showed me a sweet hunting spot, right? But we're going to go find God's lost friends. We can't wait for them to come to us, okay? Remember, you are God's cathedral. You are the temple of God, right? So wherever we go... God's presence goes with us. The church, the body that where people come and encounter God, this building is static, but you are mobile. So we get to go and find people wherever we go and introduce them to Jesus. Isn't that incredible? We are set up to find here on campus, okay? And sometimes we're like, man, there's no, I, I haven't met anyone else. And guess what? We're going to go work on finding this week in our cohorts, okay? So it's going to be really fun. Or I think it's really fun, okay? So this week you're going to go sit by someone new that you've never sat by during lunch, okay? Kind of, kind of, it's kind of like hard. We're going to go do it together. It'll be fun, okay? And so we're going to talk about like what it was like, okay? So, um, yeah. So now let's talk about where's the focus, okay? So that's finding, okay? Where's the focus? There's 
couple ways that we can focus ourselves and our efforts when it comes to finding, okay? And the first is the attractional model, okay? This focuses on how we can attract the largest number of people to our large group, okay? To our Wednesday night, to Fusion. This seems to make sense. Why wouldn't we want as many people as possible to join us in our large group? So that is the attractional model, right? So like we host like a huge, you know, whatever, like have hundreds of people come and we're like, hey, this is us, this is Jesus, come and hang out, right, you know? Okay, the other focus that we can have is the, is the second, is the missional model. Missional model, okay? This here focuses on how we can go into the highways and the byways and bring people into the fold who wouldn't have thought about stepping into the foot of the church or into Chi Alpha. All of you here are new except for a couple or when we were meeting on campus in the rendezvous ABC suites, okay? I know I've talked to some people that are like, man, it sounds weird that we would meet on campus. I, love, I miss meeting on campus so much, okay? Um, anyways, they're like, people, like, why would people walk there? That we would go people that aren't going to those places that wouldn't naturally come to here or to there, right? But that we um, go find them, right? So people that may not look like us, talk like us, walk like us, or speak like us. That is the missional model. So here's the question. What did Jesus focus on most? What model? The attractional model or the missional model? Missional? I would say yes. I would say yes, that Jesus focused on the missional model more. Did he attract large crowds? Absolutely, yeah. You know? Talked about like the multitudes, talked about these large crowds of people coming in and hearing from Jesus, right? Like what? He fed 5,000, you know, with a little kid's lunchbox, you know, a couple Twinkies and a, and a little like peanut butter and jelly sandwich, right? Crustable maybe? I don't know what it was, but I think that's what I imagined it as. And um, so like he like had this attraction, but like what he did most was he was walking down the roads with these 12 guys, right? They would go and they would meet people. He would go meet, you know, the guy that was, uh, you know, demon possessed, you know? Go to the guy that was like, you know, and then cast uh, the demons into the um, into the pigs, right? Yeah, like so many stories of like Jesus going and encountering someone, like a real connection, a real relationship, right? And they'd be like, you know, like, whoa, you are the son of God. He'd be like, don't tell anyone yet, okay? Right? You guys heard those stories? I know because you guys have all asked me like, why did Jesus do that, right? Such a good question, okay? And Jesus is like, it's not time yet. Just, you know. And so, like, this is how Jesus would do it. It was like this missional model. He was going out, meeting people, okay? God would know the best ways. Like, he could have, like, gone and sat in a place and, like, just, like, spoke for hours on end, okay? So here's the problem. Our whole lives, we have been told and even encouraged to bring people to church, okay? Is anyone like, hey, like, bring, bring some friends to church this next week, Okay? So that is the goal, right? To get people in the church. Okay? If only we could get them to church, we could get them saved, and they could truly experience the love of the Father. Only this is not the model of Jesus. He says we are the church, and we are to be the hands and feet of the gospel. We must destroy the thought that the only way these people can be reached is for them to come to our large group service for our pastor or me to preach a great message, right? We were just, as we were talking in LTC um, this week, someone's like, hey, like, I have invited and invited my roommate to come to uh, Fusion, to Chi Alpha for like months, right? She never came. This, this person's like, you know what's been really cool though? That like, I've been trying to like change that and over the like last like like months I just, I've had more conversations about Jesus with this person than I ever have. Discipleship finding sometimes is a process. This person isn't very comfortable yet 
with stepping foot into a church or into a Chi Alpha, maybe even cell group right now, you know? Or whatever, you know? This person like is comfortable in stepping into this other person's life and experiencing Jesus through them. We are to find these people that the Lord has priced around us intentionally, preach the gospel and help them and help bring them into the fold. This is an honor. This is incredible. This is what God calls us to do. So, how do we practically apply this at Idaho State? Okay? How do we practically go find people at Idaho State? So God has strategically placed people he wants to be found all around you, right? So we're going to go find. People need to be found, right? So ask him. We're going to first, we need to ask him for new eyes to see these people in your classes, group projects, and dorms, okay? Guys, when I lived in dorms, like, it was like the best place to go find people. Because I have like, you know, 10, 20, some years, 30 dudes just like on my floor. Like, they just go bang on the door and be like, hey, do you want to, like, go shoot some stuff? Like, seriously, <laughs> that's what we'd go do, right? We're in Montana, right? We'd, like, go shoot some bunny rabbits that night, you know? And, like, we would get to, like, talk about life and Jesus, okay? But, like, we have to be, like, like how are we going to, like, go encounter those people? How are we going to go find them to do that, okay? So when you invite, invite them into your life. Invite them into your life. Not just to a large group service, okay? Those things are good, and we're going to do that, okay? But remember to invite them into your life, okay? That's why, like, when people come to our large group service, we are, like, pretty adamant about trying to connect with them. Have you guys noticed that? Like, we don't just want someone to come and say, like, oh, that's great. But we want to go up and connect with them, right? Because they're there, but I also want to invite them into my life. I want them to know me, Okay? Um, maybe you guys can think of someone that like invited you into their life or like you've seen others inviting into their life okay there's people around Chi Alpha like this that we have invited into our lives we might not see them on a Wednesday night but they are encountering Jesus because we are going out finding them okay so second thing we need to remember to do how to practically apply this to our lives is to be consistent be consistent, okay? Don't become discouraged at someone turning you down. This is the hardest thing, okay? You're going to get turned down a lot when you invite people into life, into discipleship, okay? Remember back to how hard someone fought for you to be found. Some of us, it was easy. Others, it took like months, some couple semesters, couple years for us to be found. Like we want to be consistent in like fight and finding people, going and finding people. Not just like persistent in going like physically then, but also persistent in prayer for these specific people. Okay? So one of the things that we're gonna be doing in our cohorts this uh, these next three weeks is we're gonna be praying for people. Consistently Praying for people to, to know Jesus, to come to our cell group, okay? So we're going to kind of do this like every week. We're going to like add one more or one or two more people to this prayer list of people, okay? So as you guys go and like sit by someone new, you know, the end goal is like that we could invite them into our life, okay? Simple as that. To do that, I need to know their name because they're made in the image of God. I want to know who they are, right? The second thing I need to do is get their info, right? I need to like be able to like text them, snap them, however, right? Call them, um, carrier pigeon, right? Now I can begin inviting them into my life, and I'm gonna pray for them daily. I'm gonna write their name down every day. I'm gonna pray for them, like Holy Spirit. How can I pray for this person? Okay, I'm gonna do that persistently. Thirdly, Jesus early, Jesus often. Jesus early, Jesus often, okay? We don't play a bait and switch game with people. If we establish early that our mind, heart, and soul is focused on Jesus, it will be easier for your relationship to trend in that direction. 
you guys ever been in a relationship and you're like just hanging out, you know, you're like playing video games or whatever. Maybe you're like, you know, just like guy, girl talk, right? And like, you're like, man, I kind of want to talk to him about Jesus or I want to invite him to church. But like, like, man, like this is like really awkward, right? And just like keeps getting longer and longer and longer until you're like, like, I don't even know if I can. You guys ever been in that situation? Mm-hmm. I have. Yeah. Right. So like the hope is that like, man, we can invite them into the real places the deep places, even like the things that seem like a little more, you know, um, uh, scary, sooner, okay? Because then they're like, all right, this, this, that's who this person is? Oh, okay. I can't tell you like how often like I began to do this in college, right? So um, I, I was living in the dorms and I happened to be an RA, okay? And so like these guys like knew that I love Jesus and I'm inviting these guys um, Actually, this was the wrestler. I was the RA of the wrestler's floor, okay? So this floor is just insane, okay? And so, like, these guys knew me. They knew that, like, I was a Christian. They knew I loved Jesus, right? They knew I was their RA. They knew I was their teammate, that I was for them, okay? And so, like, we have, like, conversations about Jesus. More than once, I had guys stumble into my room drunk, okay? And when they would stumble in, we just get to talk. Like, they already knew who I was. We got to talk about Jesus more. I didn't have to bring it up, Okay? <laughs> I'm not saying that the only conversation you have is when someone's drunk, okay? Hopefully not, okay? Because you want to remember it. Um, <laughs> but, like, but like, these guys knew me. They knew, like, that, like, man, I was inviting them. They knew I was praying for them. They knew that, like, I was for them. They, like, cared. They knew, like, coming in, like, man, I shouldn't be doing this. I'm like, yeah, like, God's got, like, better plans for you than, like, a headache in the morning, dude. <laughs> and, like, and I'm like, hey, I love hanging out with you so much and like this isn't who you are like God's made you like incredibly right and they're like oh yeah and I like get to share with them like, who they are in God like who God created them to be okay because I invited them in my life early I was consistent and like Jesus was early and Jesus was often right so like I'd like leave early from things like hey guys you want to come with me to my cell group you know or like hey like we're all gonna go do this you want to come you know and they knew that I was gonna be like out partying and things like that but they were like man but Mike's Mike's for me okay so imagine standing on one side of a river you can barely see across on the other side you can make out the faint outline of people what looks to be a crazy amount you can hear the faint echo of their hopeless pleas for help but have no chance to extend any sort of help. Then in the distance, you hear the roar of an engine, a boat, a really, really big boat. The boat pulls up to the shore and you hear hear the excitement building. As the people are boarding the boat, hope is rising, right? It's a party time. This kingdom's coming, okay? The boat begins to slowly, slowly, begins slowly towards your side of the river and you wait eagerly to see who is coming. On this boat are people from every nation excited about the opportunity to cross and see the new land on the other side. You look down at the ground and you see the logo of ISU. This is Idaho State University, guys. This is the campus right there. God has brought people from every nation He has been intentional in getting people to this place for them to hear the faint echo that can now be heard clearly from us. We could go find them, okay? All we have to do is greet them as they step on the soil. Next year, hundreds, thousands of freshmen, transfers, Come stand at ISU. All we have to do is partner with God and what he is already doing and bringing people to go find them. He has done the heavy lifting. He has done the impossible and brought those who would never hear of his hope to a place where their ears are near enough to hear the hope of the gospel. Let us find, keeping in mind, it is God that has brought them close enough to be found. God's bringing people close enough to be found. Okay? So that's what we're going to be doing these next few weeks. We're going to talk about how we're going to find, feed, and fight. Okay? So you guys know this. 1%. Here's your fill in the blank here. 1% of 
of American Christians make disciples. One percent. We must be the exception. Go and make disciples. Let's take the responsibility for the campus of Idaho State University that we would live out the call of Jesus to fulfill the Great Commission starting now. If we can't steward well the preaching the Lord has for us in our Judah, what makes us think we can be trusted in Samaria and to the ends of the earth? Meaning, if like God can't trust us now, like how are we going to be able to share with people in our workplace or like overseas or wherever we go? God wants us to be faithful and obedient wherever we are to go find his lost lambs, okay? So how do we go forward in taking personal responsibility for the Great Commission? We're going to go find people, okay? Questions about finding? This is like where it gets down to the nitty-gritty of us, like, how are we changing the world? This is the start, right? Let God change our world, the inside. Now we get to go change his world, right? This is a cool part. This is a really cool part. Questions, thoughts? I feel like you guys are really smart. You guys never got questions, so. <laughs> Just, I know, I know. It's like late nights, right? So here's some practical things we're going to go do and find, okay? We're going to talk about this, like, coming, like, next year. If, you're, if you, like, decide to, like, hey, I'm going to be a leader, Right? We're going to do things like NSO, New Student Orientation, okay? And kickoff, okay? Which is kind of crazy because, like, most all of you in here didn't get experience what that was like. The insaneness of NSO and kickoff week and welcome week, okay? You guys got parts of it, you know, like free food giveaways with people in masks and gloves, okay? But there is, like, crazy amounts more, okay? But we got to go find people there, okay? Um, the things we focus on as freshmen, like, we can reach freshmen, we can reach every facet in every corner of campus, okay? We're gonna talk about like how we're gonna widen our nets, okay? Like how can we go out and widen our nets and like spread our nets wide so we can like bring in fish, you know? And then some people are gonna like jump out of our boat, right? And some people are like, hey, I'm with you, okay? We're talking about how we're gonna go dwell amongst them, okay? What that means is like in John, it says that like Jesus, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst them. He didn't go and like give big sermons. He didn't go and just sit in the church, right? But he went and dwelt amongst them. It means he made his tent. He like put his tent, set it up amongst them, okay? That's why we go and do things like eat on campus. Go do our homework in the sub where it's not as conducive sometimes, right? Like, those are places that we're just going to go like be with people, like hanging out with people in their dorm room, okay? Like, hey, I'm going to come over tonight, okay? With people that don't know Jesus. That's some of the ways that we like practically don't go do it, okay? Because you guys know, every single freshman, every single transfer, every person that comes here is looking for family, right? It's looking for friends, is looking for community. And we're like, man, I love you. You're made in the image of God. I'm gonna go do that for you, okay? We're gonna welcome strangers. That's how we're gonna do this. So those are some of the practical things that we're gonna be doing, so. So, we're gonna break into our cohorts, okay? They got some good stuff for you guys tonight. I've even kind of alluded to a lot of it. So, now go find your regular spot, your regular leader, and we'll get to the cohort part. Um, I